Well, hello there and welcome back. I am so grateful that you keep coming back to these conversations week after week after week. And if you are new to the podcast, hello and welcome. We're so glad that you are here. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to join us in the Vision Driven Moms Facebook group. This is your village, ladies. This is where we take the conversations further. Okay. So it's look us up on Facebook. It's vision driven moms with an S on the end. And there is also a link in the show notes. Now you are going to love this next conversation that I had with Krista Bevan. Now Krista is a dynamic self-care coach for other radical mothers, as well as a certified TRE provider. That's tension and trauma releasing exercises. She is a yoga instructor. She is also the host of the radical mother village podcast that you are definitely going to wanna check out. Now her coaching practice helps to empower mothers on a journey of healing trauma and doing deeply transformational personal development work. Coming to this work out of necessity, she's seen the incredible impact healing trauma can have in all directions of your family tree. She believes that self-love, compassion, and grace are the core elements of healing, and that it all starts with a foundation of self-awareness. Now, during this episode, we talk about when moms heal, the world heals, okay? We talk about generational trauma. We talk about what that is, the implications of generational trauma, what we can do to break the cycle in our own family, and why dynamic self-care is crucial as a mom. So be sure to, to tag Krista and I on social media with your biggest takeaway from this episode and enjoy. This is the Vision Driven Mom podcast, and I'm your host, Tracy Nolan Bierman, for moms, by moms who believe that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories from moms that have journeyed through motherhood from fear, loss, and heartbreak to healing, empowerment, and success. Motherhood is truly the journey of a lifetime, so let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey there, Krista. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thanks, Tracy. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey, about how you how you started the Radical Mother Village and, and how it all came into being? Sure. So I started the Radical Mother Village out of necessity, right? Mm-hmm. So I needed this to exist in my own life. Mm-hmm my journey of mothering radically and breaking cycles of generational trauma actually started before my son was even born. Mm -hmm. So I had the self-awareness and realization that I didn't want to enter into motherhood carrying some of the trauma baggage that I had from my own childhood. And I knew that and felt that so deeply to the point that I was willing to delay or even forgo motherhood if that's what it meant Mm, i get that in order to make this impact and at the same time i also really really wanted a baby so i knew that i had to do some of that work before i could really welcome my son into the world and so that's exactly what i did and on my journey of doing that i was just so lonely i was desperately alone I felt desperately alone and I knew that I couldn't be the only one doing this work, but I also didn't really see a whole lot of examples of women 
talking about this and doing the work and being the sort of role model for me that I was really craving and, and needing in my life. And so once I started figuring some of those things out for myself and started doing some of the healing work that I had done in my own life, I decided that I needed to be that person for those other women on the yeah. path. Right. Right. alongside me. And so that's where the Radical Mother Village came from, was out of this necessity for this thing to exist in my own life and also in the lives of all of these other mamas that, as it turns out, are really out there like I thought that they were. They are. They're yes. just, they're buried. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, first of all, okay, so you have a podcast, the Radical Mother, Mother Village podcast. You definitely need to go and check out Krista's podcast. But Krista, I want to commend you on that, on doing the work. I mean, I feel like I've been doing the work for decades before, um, you know, before I had my kids. But what if, what if we could catch the moms, pre-mom, right? Pre-pregnancy. If we could catch the moms before they, because it really, you know, I think you and I started, we started the work. And then what we both learned is that when you actually have the kids, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and that is already having done a lot of work, mm -hmm. but there's so much more. And I just, I feel like when you, um, when, when you have children, it's like, it brings all the stuff up to the surface, like all of your shortcomings, all of your trauma, all like everything kind of bubbles up. Even though, you know, when I, when I had my kids, I thought I had been on the, on the yoga mat for 15 years at that point, Same. right around 15 years. And I thought, Oh, I got this. I got like yeah. right up until right up until the day, both of my kids were, you know, I was on the mat, but no, <laughs> I really wasn't as self-aware as I thought I was. So can you talk a little bit about that and that realization that, oh, you know, it's the things that moms don't talk about, you know, and, and I know in your son is, how old is your son? He's almost two and a half. Almost two and a half. So I couldn't even, so again, commending you for, I couldn't even at two and a half like come out and I, I was I was well I had two under two so I had two I had my kids are 17 months apart so yeah I just I was and that well, that's a whole other bit of I don't know PTSD. how you did that <laughs> well I just you know I, I found out how other moms do it they just do it right they just and, and the reason that we don't hear from them is because they're busy they're busy yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're head down in the trenches of toddlers at the same yeah. time yeah yeah exactly. so what did that look like that you know that realization that oh i thought i'd been doing the work and here's more and here's more <laughs> well you know i think part of doing the work right this the work that we're talking about right. is you get to a certain point where you realize it doesn't actually ever stop. Yeah. No, it you're doesn't. never, you're never right. actually done with this process. It's yeah. more about how much you're willing to actually take on. Right. And so you're right. I similar to you. I had been on my yoga mat for 15 years as well. And I was relying on that to keep me regulated. Right. And then I didn't have my yoga mat anymore. Yeah. And so I, and not only that, but like you said, kids challenge us in all new ways that you can't, that there's nothing else like it, right? And anyone right. that's listening that's a mother knows what we're saying and is nodding their head along with us because there's just something about that tiny human 
mirroring all of your trauma triggers and mirroring all of your own bad behaviors and your own bad habits and your own internalized everything back at you that there's there's nothing else like that and so even if you've done work ahead of time there's always more work to do yeah but that doesn't mean it's not worth it it doesn't mean that it's not possible and that's part of what the radical mother village is all about is supporting mothers because this work is hard but what's hard about it is doing it alone right right and so even though it's personal work and you have to be the one to do it it doesn't mean that you have to be doing it alone and when you actually do it alongside other mothers who understand what you're doing and are on a similar path as you either behind you on that path or ahead of you on that path, it actually makes that work easier. Right. And there's a, a, a beautiful alchemy that happens in those spaces in between mothers who understand one another and mothers who are looking to collaborate and celebrate instead mm-hmm. of compete with one right. another. Right. And grow. Right. Yes, exactly. Because not everybody is willing no. to grow. And I, I I wish that I had a radical mother village when I had my kids because I, 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 I just, well, I'm an older mother. So I just, I didn't have the, I didn't have the community and my kids are, my kids are in middle school now. I know there's a lot more available, but gosh, I wish, I mean, what a beautiful thing that now they do right now. They have you, they have the community, they have me, they have my community. Um, And so grateful because it's so important. And in that in finding your, your tribe, your village is huge. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's life-changing. I mean, it's yeah. saved my sanity, right? Like motherhood right. is hard. Mothering radically is harder still. Yeah. And then trying to do that on your own. I mean, it's a recipe for disaster, right? Yeah. I tried that. Raising my work. hand. Yeah. That's what I did in the beginning. And then I, you know, I, I, I pulled in, I, I did eventually create my village, mm-hmm. you know, but it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, not easy and very lonely, like you were saying. Very, exactly. Very lonely. And um, but what a beautiful thing that to be able to start and teach moms that they can, you know, that that it's okay and that it is perpetual, right? I like to mm-hmm. talk about this this ever upward spiral of becoming, right? So yes. every time, every time, so you work on something. Forgiveness, forgiveness was is something I've been working on since I got on the yoga mat, right? Right. Um, in the nineties. And so, um, but, and so no matter how much forgiveness work I do, it comes around again and there's another layer and it's Mm -hmm. okay. Right. Mm -hmm. It's okay. But you're seeing it. And I like to remind the moms that we're, when we're on this upper upward spiral of becoming, it means that we're growing. Right. And there's another layer, right. Mm -hmm. That we're not stuck. And because some people tend to say, oh, well, well, here it is again. Like, I know here it is, but you're seeing it from a different place. You're seeing it from a different perspective, from a, a higher place, you know, exactly. as long as you are growing. Yeah. So beautiful. So what does radical, radical self-care and what, what, what exactly does that mean to you? Yeah. So I have, you know, one of the things that I work on with clients is what I call dynamic self-care. And it's this mm-hmm. idea 
of self-care that's different than Pinterest style self-care, right? It's different than the stuff you see online that looks nice and sounds nice and maybe feels good and helps in the moment, but isn't really doing anything to nourish and nurture yourself on Mm -hmm. a deeper level. And so dynamic self-care is about taking care of yourself in this deeper way. So it's Mm -hmm. looking at your mental landscape. What kind of internal dialogue are you using? What is the relationship with yourself that you have look like? How are you offering yourself love and forgiveness and kindness and compassion? Mm -hmm. And if you're not offering yourself those things, what are you offering instead? Right. How can you use mindfulness practices to prepare you for the inevitable stress of life so that you can meet that with grace and resilience instead of shame and embarrassment and self-hatred. And so dynamic self-care is a way of looking at your life and incorporating care into your life. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing is, let's face it, as moms, I don't have time, you know, pandemic aside, I don't have time to go to a 90 minute yoga class three times a week, like I would do before. Right. So I need care rituals that can be incorporated into my life. Right. Right. My mat no longer exists because now my mat is my kitchen floor standing there with my child or it's in the living room playing blocks. Right. My mat is my real life now. And I need things that incorporate into that. And that's what dynamic self-care is. Right. I love that. I love that. And that's, that's, um, that is right up my alley, <laughs> you know, the, um, the, the self-care and yes, going to get a mani-pedi or going to uh, get a massage or something like that. It's a part of it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily, it, it maybe nourishes it, it nourishes you in the moment, you know? And I love what you said about the, um, about that you don't have the luxury in this season to spend an hour and a half on the yoga mat. You know, when, when, um, when I first had my, when I had my, when I had my, well, my first, my first child was, um, was, uh, there was a lot, a lot of PTSD that, uh, around his birth. Um, it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, he almost died. It was, that's a story for another time, but, um, but I had this interesting, I, I, I had this interesting, I don't know, it's like self-sabotage that, okay, well, if I'm not going to be able to get on the mat for an hour and a half, I'm just not going to get on the mat. Like, what is that? Right. Mm -hmm. So these days, you know, I get myself up early in the morning. Do I love it? No, I don't love getting up early in the morning. What I do love is feeling like I have, I have taken care of myself before I take care of anybody else, mm-hmm. you know? And so these days, my, um, my, uh, you know, it's like you said, the mindfulness throughout the day, that is my yoga, right? Mm-hmm. I do, I do like, um, like, depending on the day I do some, um, I do a series of sun salutations every day and, um, and some standing poses, whatever. And I do some meditation. So the meditation, the meditation has become an absolute, (laughs) I have to do the meditation. Non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. The asana, I, if I, if I have to choose between one or the other, I, and this is so interesting to me that I will choose the meditation these days. So interesting. 
so I mean, that's that's the point of asana anyway, right? Is preparation right. for meditation. My yoga right. teacher is always saying hatha yoga leads to raja yoga. That's why we we practice asana so that we can sit in meditation. Right, right. Advanced yeah. yogis don't practice asana because they don't need it. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I know, and that that's the the foundation of yoga is um is not it's not it's not the asana. No, <laughs> it's just no. so and um yeah. Anyway, I I love that dynamic self care. And the community that you have created is um, is just amazing. And so, how do how do you suggest to your moms that they incorporate this dynamic self care? Because you know, like you, you have you, you have a two and a half year old. You're busy. You're a busy mm-hmm. mom. What? How do you incorporate dyna- dynamic self care? So the big thing for me with dynamic self care, and this is what I teach to clients that I work with, is what I call, I like making up terms if you haven't noticed, uh, what I call nervous system literacy, Mm, right? So I'm also trained as a certified tension and trauma releasing exercises provider. That's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. I teach TRE to clients. TRE, okay. Yeah. And so neuroscience backed tools and working with the nervous system are very near and dear to my heart. And that plays a lot into dynamic self-care. So nervous system literacy is about understanding your body's innate biological responses to stress Mm -hmm. and how we can use that knowledge to befriend our body rather than feel betrayed by it. Because what I see happen so often in women and in mothers is that we have a stress response, which makes perfect sense to the situation that we're in. But instead of seeing it as a logical response, they see their stress response as something bad or something Mm. negative or something that they did wrong instead of exactly what it was supposed to be. Right. And in that viewing of it as being something bad, there's a lot of shame that we attach to that. Yeah. And in that shame, we perpetuate these cycles of stress. We perpetuate internal dialogue that's not healthy or supportive. Mm -hmm. And we aren't creating an environment within ourselves that's loving and kind and compassionate. Mm, right. And so for me, the gateway to dynamic self-care is learning about the way that you respond to stress right? and learning how you can no longer feel like that's fighting against you and instead mm. figure out ways to alter that for a situation, how to rely on your stress responses as superpowers instead right? and really work from that angle to create this internal landscape that is dynamic self-care that's supportive mm. and nourishing because self-care at its core is about preparing you to deal with stressful situations right, right. and this right. is why a mani petty which feels great and then you get yeah. cute nails out of it is distracting you for a moment but what is that doing for you the next time that your toddler is screaming at you and you feel like having a tantrum as well. Right. Not a whole lot. You can't leave, right? You can't leave in that moment. You have to, yeah. It's the the nourishing yourself. I love that, uh, that term too. I talk about that nourishing your mind, nourishing your body, nourishing your soul. Like what does Mm -hmm. that look like? And it's different for every person. And Mm -hmm. I love that too. It's, it's really, um, it's really very individual. And um, so we had talked, uh, we had talked, a while back about ACEs. And so we're talking about the nervous system literacy and all of that. And and can you explain what ACEs is? And I think because you talk about, um, about uh, stopping the generational trauma 
and how that all fits into to, to what you teach. And yeah, so ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences, mm -hmm. and the ACEs study was a groundbreaking study that they did on thousands of children, and they studied them for a long period of time, and they looked at adverse childhood experiences that they had had, and they looked at health outcomes later on in life. Mm -hmm. And what they found is that there's a correlation between having a high ACEs score, so having experienced a lot of uh, childhood adversity with poor health outcomes later in life, and especially with chronic health conditions, mm -hmm. and also a correlation with some of the leading causes of death that we don't necessarily associate with having a bad childhood. So things mm -hmm. like heart disease and cancer, mm -hmm. right? Those we don't really, we don't think someone is more prone to cancer because they had a traumatic childhood, but the right. reality is a high ACEs score actually does put you at a higher risk for some of these things. Right, right. And so this was a really interesting study and nothing like it had been done at the time that really pointed to how important the period of our childhood is in setting us up for either success later in life or harm in the form of these physical illnesses. Right. And it pointed to how important those things are. And it, it isn't just looking at sort of big T traumas, right? So yeah. those are the things that are easily identified as trauma by anyone else. Some of these were smaller T traumas and things that happen over a period of time. And that's also important too, because if you do your own ACEs score and you can go online and, and find free quizzes that you can do that'll give you an ACEs score, for a lot of us, we sort of have a gut sort of knowing about what our ACE score is going to be. And then when right. you check and you see that it's high, mm -hmm. it can be sort of a little bit overwhelming sometimes to think that these things that you didn't have any control over right. as a child can then be negatively impacting you later on in your life. Right. Right. And that is true, but at the same time, I think that knowledge is power and that it's actually really empowering to learn about these things because it does a couple things. One, it lets you choose how you're going to take care of yourself now, right? Right. It lets you start to intentionally do some things to heal that damage mm -hmm. and unwind some of that trauma that you've experienced. And then if you're a parent, it helps you to be able to know what you need to do to disrupt those cycles from perpetuating forward into your own children. Right. And so in that way, learning about your own ACEs score and learning about what you can do about these things is actually a really empowering, useful tool that you can rely on to help change the course of your own life and your children's life, which right. is what it means to be a radical mother. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that that um, we were talking earlier um, about when I've known, I mean, like you said, I have this inner knowing that mm -hmm. the things that happened in childhood, and they weren't drastic things, but they were, they were enough for me mm -hmm. to have a score, right? Um, but that um, when I saw that that film Resilience, and it was all about the study and the, and all the studies and the um, and it was really eye opening. It was kind of it was a validation that oh yeah, you know what the stuff that happens in childhood it really does make a difference. 
And also that those feelings and the things that we push down, they get trapped in our bodies. Yes, and they do. I know that you can because that you're you're a you're a, a, a yoga therapist and you do somatic therapy, right? That's kind of that's part of your part of your training, right? Yeah, that's the TRE work that I do with clients, which is yeah, yeah specifically looking at releasing the tension and trauma that's been stored in our physical body right. that has not been properly discharged from our systems after experiencing stress or trauma. Right. And TRE is a way to specifically release that from our systems Okay. because this stuff does get trapped in our bodies. Our bodies, as the book is called, hold the score, keep the yeah. score, right? And literally hold on to these things. And there right. are ways that we can release that so that we don't have to keep holding on to those things. Yeah, yeah. And I think about um, just it, the things that we do, you know, as moms, as parents, and that so I find myself sometimes, you know, my, my husband and I came from very different childhoods, but we both agreed that we wanted something very different for our family, right? We didn't exactly know what that was, but we knew that we needed it to be different. We wanted mm -hmm. it to be different. Um, but every once in a while, I catch myself in one of those, you know, I can think back to pushing the feelings down. You know, was, I'm, I'm, a, um, I'm a highly sensitive person. And so, and I'm, I'm really pretty intuitive. So I, there was a lot that was coming in that I was just pushing down and pushing down um, really amazing. You know, it's, it's only been the past maybe eight years where this one event that was, it shouldn't have happened to a 14 year old girl, but it did. Um, and, uh, I had pushed that so far down that in 20 years of therapy, I never talked about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it just manifests in the body in different mm -hmm. ways. Like you were talking about in like the, with the ACEs study, they understand that that it manifests in those uh, the chronic illnesses and just other things. You know, the the uh, the, auto, the autoimmune uh, disorders. Oh my God, yes. that, that nobody can explain, <clears throat> right? I mean, the fibromyalgia. You know, I mean, there, that's that's it's really interesting and and liberating to know that we can, if we allow our, you know, like letting the feelings move through us, the emotions move through us. I can do that now, but I didn't used to be able to, but we can teach our kids to do that. And so tell, talk, talk a little bit more about the, the, um, the uh, generational, you're, you're, you're halting the generational trauma. Is this what you're talking about? Is the, the kind of knowing and, and stopping it now? Yeah, exactly. And it's about recognizing these things within yourself so that you can change those for yourself as mom, right? which ultimately impacts your children, yeah. right? So when you have these trauma responses in yourself and the model of parenting that you saw from your parents and from society and the media and your girlfriends and everyone at the play group perpetuates some of these patterns, things like you're talking about, like repressing emotions right. or only allowing certain emotions as good and not allowing other emotions that are bad. When you can start to recognize those things and change what that story is for yourself, you not only make your own life better, but then you model to your children how they can do that as well. Right. Yeah. Right. And so if we want, you know, so many moms that I talk to, 
say that they want their kids to be able to express all of their feelings and that no feelings are bad. And yet when they look at their own childhoods, they weren't given that same permission. Right. And so they still in their adulthood are in the habit of repressing their feelings and feeling like they need to keep a happy face on in front of their children instead of allowing their children to see them upset or angry or sad or frightened or scared or anything else that we might deem as bad. Right. And really what that's doing is not allowing their children to express all of their feelings. Mm -hmm. It's showing them and modeling to them and demonstrating for them that the only feelings that are actually allowed are the happy, positive, upbeat, smiling right. ones. And that's toxic. And it's so <laughs> toxic, right? Toxic feelings. That is toxic. Exactly. Right? That, exactly. Because it's not. And and I had, the, the, this is how I um, got into the work that I do is my son, when he was about three years old, he showed me in a very, very painful way, very disturbing way what I was doing, how I was being on the outside. I was happy. I was doing the mom things. I was a hot mess inside, you know, and he was picking that up. So he's very much like me. He's definitely, we are definitely here for each other. I, I, there's no doubt about that, but he, he is, he's a little me, you know, and he, he very intuitive, very sensitive. Um, and uh, yeah, he was, I mean, self-loathing in a three-year-old. This is what he was expressing. And I was devastated. I didn't realize at first that it was me. It took, it took a while. It took, took some work. It took, you know, going back on the journey or a different avenue of the journey. You know, I think it took a different, another, another path after the, the yoga journey that I'd been on. But, uh, but devastating, you know, and that's, it's interesting because we think, like you just said, we think, and it's hard to see our kids upset, you know, and sad, and, and we want to stop it, but we need to step back and teach them how to do it. But we have to learn how to do it first. Yeah, and it's funny that this conversation has landed here because this is actually something in the Facebook group that we've been discussing at length over the last week or so, because I was part of a conversation in another group about babies and crying and how that, and it, it rattled a lot of cages, right? And so I was talking about that within my own Facebook group. And, you know, the conclusion that I came to and then was echoed in validation from all the voices of the other mothers in the group was that it's really hard for us to watch our kids cry, yeah. right? We want to fix it for them and right. interrupt and step in and save them. And it is so hard mm -hmm. to sit with them and right. hold space and allow them to cry. And it's because most of us were not given that opportunity ourselves. Right. Or we so didn't we, feel it was safe, you know? Yeah, I we think didn't that feel was, safe. Or, I did, or there, wasn't, there wasn't the space for it. Exactly. Yeah. Because our parents weren't holding that space for us. And so now we're being asked to do something for our children that we don't really have experience with on either end. We haven't right. seen it done and we haven't experienced it for ourselves as much as we would like to. But the reality is our kids are going to cry. And that yeah. doesn't mean that we're bad moms. It doesn't right. mean that we did something wrong. It means we gave birth to human beings and right. now they're having a human experience. Yeah. But it's exactly really right. hard to sit with someone else's discomfort when we have trouble sitting with our own discomfort. Right. And that's actually one of the most beautiful gifts of my yoga practice, right? And you know from practicing yoga that mm -hmm. one of the things that you practice 
on the mat so that you can then live this in the real world is sitting with discomfort. Right, right. Right? And that's a practice in and of itself. And we say practice because you have to keep trying at it because it's not easy. Most of us are not skilled at that. And then when it's our baby, our child, our most beloved, you know, person on earth, right. Crying, it, that pushes some buttons and that takes a lot of inner strength and inner knowing and inner reassurance to allow that to happen. And it's not easy. And that's, again, when you can talk about those big feelings with other people who are like, oh my gosh, it is so hard, right? right and right. it's so necessary. And you've got this. I, we, you know, we're here cheering you on in the background. Yeah. It makes that really hard thing a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And I went as you were talking about that and that uh, that that um, just how hard it is to sit with our child in just the hold space, holding space, in just the holding space, and not and even sometimes it's not even even hugging them or putting our hands on them is making it better for them. And it's, it's not, it's, it's a, it's tough, but yeah. you have, you're, you have this community of moms that they can reach out and say, Hey, you know, you're creating that safe space that, that, um, that maybe they didn't have when they were growing up, you know, or and a lot of us didn't have, or didn't feel like it was like it was a safe space, you know. I mean, I'm a I'm a crier. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm frustrated, all the time. But I didn't. I was such a sensitive kid that I didn't do that when I was a kid. You know, I didn't. I kind of held it all in. And now I'm like, ah, waterworks. <laughs> you know, my family knows. Oh, she's you know, it's just mom. It's just mom, and she's a little crazy, and that's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, but I love that you have created this community where moms can talk about that stuff, the hard stuff, because, you know, I think that we we tend to get so buried in, especially in the early childhood, that we don't really talk about the real stuff. We talk about the, oh, frustrating and up all night or, you know, the, uh, the those kinds of things, the feeding and the, that kind of thing, you know, but we don't really talk about the the, the real stuff and the the how hard it actually is, but that's a beautiful thing. And the, um, so in the work that I, that I do, I, I, um, we talk a lot about feelings and letting them move through you and then kind of playing with feelings. I like to play with feelings. I invite them to play with feelings. I have a, a dictionary of emotions and we kind of, oh, well, this feels really icky, but I can just slightly change it. And it, and it feels just a little bit better, you know, just a little, we can just tweak, just just a little up level that that feeling up level that thought just a just a little bit Krista this has been an amazing conversation and thank you so much for sharing your insight on aces and what that is and 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 uh, and the how the trauma gets uh, get, can get locked up in the body and uh, can you tell us about a time in motherhood when you either you achieved something or you overcame something that you thought was impossible yeah so i my son brought my father back into my life for me and that's something that i never ever thought would happen i had written my father off and i was okay to have that be a permanent decision 
And then my son was born and that changed everything. And I had no idea how on earth I was going to be able to create a relationship with him again. Right. And I also knew that I couldn't not. And I was able to, needless to say, two and a half years into this, um, my father is one of my son's favorite people and my son is one of my father's favorite people. And I can't imagine not having him in our lives. And I thought that that was impossible. Mm, I love that. And kids really show us that sometimes the impossible is possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is beautiful. And I have a similar, uh, similar daddy story and, um, and we are, we're, we're, it's, it's really incredible. The possibility. Yeah. When you think this is never going to happen and I don't even think I want it to happen, but Mm -hmm. then like, but wait a minute, like what, again, what are we teaching our kids when we write off our, our, you know, family members, but beautiful. I love that story of possibility. So Krista, if somebody wanted to uh, reach out to you, how could they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on my website, which is kristabevan.com. You can, of course, also, I can't I think I hear my kids screaming in the background. Apologies. Uh, <laughs> it's you all can good. Find uh, the virtual village, the Facebook group that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find that on my website, or you can search in Facebook for the Radical Mother Village. And then, of course, like you mentioned, I also host the Radical Mother Village podcast, which you can find on all the major podcast apps. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so definitely go and and have a listen. Uh, check Krista's um, her community out, and definitely go to her podcast and and help her to spread the message. The more that we share, uh, share, you know, subscribe and rate and review podcasts, especially important ones. You know, I, I believe that 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 uh, mothers are incredibly important, right? And that that the health and well being of mothers helps the health and well-being of children. So definitely check out the Radical Mother Mother Village podcast and check out, um, go to uh, Krista's community, check her out on, um, on all the social links. I'll put all of the links in the notes. And Krista, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to be on the, uh, on the show today and for all of your expertise and insight that you've provided. Thank you, Tracy. It was an honor to be here and it was a great conversation. Great. I appreciate I loved it. it. Sure. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom podcast. Now, if you haven't already, go ahead and download the High Vibe Toolkit. It's a mom's guide for taking yoga off the mat and into your life. You'll learn how to create your own unique toolkit full of tools for raising your vibe quickly and getting yourself out of a funk in record time next time you find yourself in one. Because funk happens, right? You'll learn how to tap into your inner mentor to cultivate more joy, more connection, and more harmony in your life as you return to your natural high vibe self. You'll raise the vibe in your home as you reclaim your own inner vibe. Now, this is the only guide designed to help moms who want to feel alive keep their yoga vibe flowing both on and off the mat, no matter what comes next. So download the High Vibe Toolkit at www.highvibetoolkit.com and reclaim your inner vibe. Anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Goodbye for now.